Welcome to the Heartbreaker Podcast, a place where we don't pick brains, but hearts. We listen to each other's stories in order to grow, heal, and connect. This is a bilingual podcast, so you will see that I have episodes in both English and Spanish. I take turns between each every week. Today, episode 19, we'll be talking to a lady called Anique. She's a Canadian spiritual yogi, traveler, intuitive businesswoman. We talk about our personal experiences being workaholics and addicted to productivity. Very related to my last episode if you haven't heard it yet. Just a side note, I recorded this around September of last year when I had quit my online teaching job and was already starting to feel some effects of a burnout coming. So you'll be listening to me talking about that period of my life. She also shares how she decided to move abroad and take her business remote and what her experience was with traveling as a Canadian who didn't feel like she quite belonged where she grew up. She also shares with us her perspective on media, the government, and COVID-19, which is quite interesting actually. I hope you enjoy and see you in the next one. Even if I sleep eight hours in the morning, I'll be slow and like not, unless there's something going on that day, I won't be energetic. Like something ex especially exciting. <laughs> or, like something yeah. that launches you out of your bed and you're like, exactly. yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, and then like a, a trip or anything like that where I have to be on my toes. But otherwise, yeah. I'm not. And um, I was telling my mom how I feel weird not working because I haven't had a lot of, like, this is weird. And I'm out of a routine. And I'm, of course, at nighttime, like, I'm just like, energetic I, I go to bed late and I wake up late and then I'm I don't know so I was telling my mom that and she was like well you've you've been working your ass off the last two years just enjoy this time to sleep in you know and there's yes. a part of me that feels guilty like like no I should yeah. be getting up early even if I'm I don't have a job I should be waking up early and and um so now it's been like it's funny how the moment I I've been working on accepting that and accepting rest and not beating myself up um, and I feel more energetic now and rested because of that it's like maybe I took away that maybe I was consuming energy from feeling guilty from feeling bad yeah. from not wanting to rest yeah, yeah. and like we go through phases like and this will probably come up other times that we talk today but when I say like masculine and feminine I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about like every person has feminine and masculine energies. And so there's like a flow of your life. There's times where you're in a masculine phase where you're, and there's times that you're in a feminine phase. And so if what you were just saying, like if you were supposed to naturally be in a feminine phase, which is the collecting, the gathering, the listening to your intuition, the resting, the nurturing, um, if you were like supposed to be in that phase, like your body was like, and your mind, like your whole, your whole being was like in that phase, but you were fighting it. You're like, no, I need to like do action and this. And like, that's the masculine phase. It's like when you're, 
when you try to like fight it, fight the natural phase you're in, you're not going to get past that phase. Like you're It's going to just feel like, you know, when you're in, um, let's say you have like lots, lots of things to do, lots of action steps to do. And sometimes it's just so easy. You're like, bang, bang, bang. I'm like getting all this shit done. And other times you're like, what the fuck? I feel like I'm punching myself through a wall. Like there's no door to walk into the next room. I'm just like punching myself through. It just feels like you can't get there. It's because you shouldn't be in that action phase. You should be in more of like a gathering phase. So the more you fight it, then you're not getting the benefits from that phase. And I feel like you just don't get shit done really at all. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. then yeah I feel a lot of shame and guilt too because it's like you feel like why can't I do this like <laughs> well and then and we take pride with being busy like I was so proud of saying yeah I wake up at 5 a.m and I meditate and <laughs> then I and then I work from 6 to 9 a.m doing classes and then I work <laughs> on my podcast and then I edit it and then I work <laughs> out and then, and I felt so proud of that and so and then I could feel myself getting tired, getting exhausted and like messing up and not being motivated and, and just like not caring. And that scared me. So I was so I, I thought, OK, it's been four months like since quarantine started where I've been working nonstop. I'm going to take a break. And um, now mm-hmm. it's like learning to it's so uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. to take that break. And, um, and then finding the balance because I can't just not like, but this is why I'm doing these calls. Um, the podcast calls, like they, Mm -hmm. they really make me feel good. So I can't just like not do anything for the podcast, but it helps me to not have to publish. You know what I mean? Just like gather calls, gather recordings, and then worry about editing with ease. Yeah, and I, what came to my mind when you were saying your, what your routine was, like, that sounds like a beautiful routine. But, you know, if let's say you were still teaching um, that English class from six to nine, um, and then you find yourself in a feminine energy phase, it's not about like ditching, you know, obviously your job. It's not about like ditching your job and ditching your podcast, but it's like, okay, to tonight instead of editing if it's not due yet I'm gonna do some creative work Mm. because that's that's nice and flowing and then more podcast ideas can come to you so like exactly if you like journaling or creating like art whatever medium you know like those types of things because then you're still you're still doing stuff you know um Exactly. Or not. You could also just be like, tonight I'm going to meditate or tonight I'm going to do nothing or tonight I'm going to have fun or tonight. Because <laughs> yeah. we also, that's the thing, like with type A people, you're always like, okay, I have to do, it's like what you just said, like you feel guilty not accomplishing a certain amount of things per day or per yeah, week or whatever. Totally. And so, yeah. And so if you, but like, if you don't allow yourself to play and rest and do those super important things you're not going to be as um, efficient with your exact action steps do do you Mm -hmm. ever do you ever feel like what you've done during the day is like not enough like you have to you have to remind yourself like you have to I have (laughs) like every day yeah dude like I have to sometimes make a list and remind myself Uh, like this is enough and like give me myself a pep talk 
like you have accomplished yeah. a lot today don't worry i'll go to bed thinking no yeah. i didn't do this and i didn't do that and fuck and like i have to remind myself of what i did do yeah i have i use google calendar for, as my like everything and uh once like five years ago a healer said to me like can you show me your to-do list because <laughs> i think it's pretty unrealistic and then one of my homework steps was like make every task like a way bigger bubble even if it takes an hour put it make it four hours in your calendar so that because there's always random daily shit that pops up that you need to deal with through work or just through life or just whatever so if you pack your work schedule like minute to minute and then at the end of the day you're like oh I didn't do these things like but you did three huge things that took eight hours but yet you feel like oh I fucking suck I didn't do all these other things oh my gosh. yeah so, yeah it's so but yeah tough. I'm learning I'm it's hard like it's something that we learn as children sometimes we learn it from our parents sometimes it's like in our ancestral lineage so it goes like way back sometimes it's through trauma um yeah like there's that shit's deep so you can't just overnight say okay you're putting too much on your plate like yeah let's stop doing that the end like obviously it's not that easy right but yeah like what you said you have to remind yourself that yes i am enough give myself a pat on the back i did I am doing a great job. And even if some days you should plan not to do anything productive and to just go with it and be like, wow, what a special day that was, you know? But it's hard when you have so much guilt exactly. about being, like if you're a workaholic or a type A person, you, you're, it's, it's like a practice. You have to practice allowing yourself to be that way again. Like when we were children and playful and we didn't have all these weird complexes, you know? I know, especially like people here in Venezuela and like my family and, and people my age here, I find that like they don't have these, this problem <laughs> and I don't know where I get my own problem from and like bringing your child like in, in South American culture, I don't know if you saw that in Nicaragua, but people have their inner child very activated, like they love drinking dancing going to the beach like they're not mm -hmm. feeling guilty for having a good time <laughs> here i think my mom's the one always reminding me to like just chill enjoy play. yourself play mm -hmm. yeah like don't worry because she's always hearing my hearing me complain like oh, i didn't do this i didn't do that or i didn't get up early and um yeah like you've called yourself a workaholic what why where do you think that came from oh uh like being a workaholic or me late me realizing that i'm a workaholic mm. maybe both things okay so realizing i didn't realize it while i was in it which is funny because it's like you can compare it to any um substance abuse or any addiction often people don't know that they're addicted to something until later or until they're ready to stop being addicted to it or or until they've already just naturally stopped doing the thing. And then they look back and they're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what the fuck was the last 10 years? Like, what? Or something. Um, but yeah, when I look back at the early stages of my business, like before I had a storefront, I was just like, 
working three jobs to save all the money to one day open a store. And like, then when I opened the store, I was like, Oh my God, I fucking have a store. I have to pay commercial rent, which is thousands of dollars a month. Like how am I going to do that? And there was just this huge weight on my shoulder. And it was like, kind of like lighting a fire under my ass. Like you better, you better fucking work from when you wake up till you go to bed. Otherwise you, how are you, you're not going to be able to pay this and keep this alive, you know? And so it was like, it's not healthy. It's not at all healthy. <laughs> and I've come a long way to not be this way anymore, but it's, it's still a work in progress. But yeah, I would literally wake up, be in panic, not panic mode, but fight or flight mode, like always from when I woke up to went to bed, it was always like, renovate this, do these appointments, do all this admin work, do that work, do these things, and then go to bed. You know, it was like, no time to live a life. You had a boyfriend, though, right? Like when I met you, I, I'm pretty sure you had a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Did you have time for that relationship? Or like, how did you manage that? So having a relationship as a workaholic was, well, in the time that I was describing when I would like wake up work and then go to bed that I did not have a partner, but, um, and I also think I was like a workaholic for a long time to avoid. And this is why people use substances or have other addictions as well. It's like, you're using that thing to avoid something to avoid usually being alone and sitting with your thoughts and your emotions and processing traumas and shitty things that have happened to you and processing emotions that you don't want to process so people often will you know they'll just like party 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 to like never be alone or they'll like jump from one relationship to the next so they're never alone or they'll um be workaholics like me and I feel like for a long time in my life I was um avoiding doing a lot of work on some past issues and um and then maybe how did that start like it was pretty soon after I opened my shop that I like hit rock bottom with like oh my god this is not sustainable like what the fuck and um yeah just started making it necessary I'm like okay I need to do an hour a day of like meditation writing um resting doing something like just pencil it in you know I was and then it was funny yeah being but it's funny because then it's like a type a person turns even that into like a product a productivity thing like oh did you do your meditations today did you do your oh it's ridiculous <laughs> and then you beat yourself up if you don't do it yeah. or yeah like even that I'm like okay even if it's five minute meditation just do it because sometimes I'll be like if I don't have a full hour or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, there's no point to it. And then I'm like, oh, I didn't meditate today. <laughs> but l let me go okay. back. Intro. Um, you were born in Toronto. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're just already deep it's in. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> Listeners are who like, are whoa, whoa, people? wait, wait. Uh, who is this? <laughs> we yeah. both have ADD. Yeah. Warning to the listeners. You were born in Toronto. See, born in Toronto. And then grew up there till I was 19. And then um, I knew since I was like 14 that I didn't belong there. And when I was 19, I was like, I'm gonna move to Australia for a year. 
figure it out and just start traveling. <laughs> and uh, I was there for a year, went to New Zealand while I was there and then uh, came back to Toronto for a wedding and then was like, yeah, I still don't want to be here. Like, no, like that's so, I'm not saying that in any way, like, ew, Toronto. I don't think that at all. I think Toronto is like an awesome city and I have such amazing friendships in Toronto still. But I just, you know, when you just know something is not for you, like, you're like, I'm not meant for here. I just, I just oh, yeah. knew I've always been an intuitive person. And I like knew I was like, I'm, I'm not going to live here. Like, where, but where will I live? Like, where, where, where am I supposed to go? <laughs> so anyway, um, and then where did I go after that? I went to Vancouver for six months, loved it. And then went to California for two months, loved it. I basically loved everywhere I went, so I'll stop saying loved it, everything. Um, and then I moved to Europe for six months. I was based in um, Barcelona. And if anyone listening has ever been to Europe, it's like so awesome because everything's so close together and there's these cheap ass flights for like 50 bucks. You can fly to a whole other country. You're like, what? So I went to a few places when I was based there um and this whole thing was like a four year of travel I was basically working and then in some places not working because I couldn't I didn't have a visa or wasn't I don't know it was but mostly it was like working and traveling and the whole goal of it was like okay I want to travel around and figure out where I belong and where I want to like open a business and ground myself and set up and and the end, you know, <laughs> like just like, <laughs> and, uh, and then I was like, yeah, I, it just, as it happens in all aspects of life, like things become more clear as you go. I was like, okay, I'm going to live in Vancouver because it's the warmest place in Canada and I am going, but it's still not warm enough for me, um, but I'm going <laughs> to build up a business Um to a point where I can physically not be there anymore and my roles will be like done remotely. And, and then I wanna live in like Mexico or Central America or not sure yet, but I wanted to live in a warm climate all year round and near the ocean where there are waves that I can surf. And so like that was always annoying as well. Like I remember like a friend of mine Francis Ashley the other day was like, or like uh, the other, I always say that the other day when it was like a year ago, um, <laughs> she was like, oh, I remember like 12 years ago, you were like, I'm gonna like move to Mexico and teach Pilates on the beach. And that's where I'm gonna live if this doesn't work out. So that was like my plan B. My plan B, if like I, if my business didn't work out I was like okay I'm gonna teach like Pilates and yoga on the beach and that doesn't sound like a bad plan either you know so uh yeah I don't even remember if I answered your question right now yeah you totally you totally did so it, it's funny how it was just like an intuitive knowing um from a young age even though you were born and raised there and like yes you know, all I know it's just it, I find it uncommon for someone to not have exposure and yet have that intuitive feeling before having the exposure yeah. you know yeah. what I mean and following that because it's also I think it takes a lot of courage yeah. to follow that like I wish I would have done that at 19 
Yeah. You know, I'm still trying to and then and then it's so cool that you started your business with still that goal in, in your mind. Um, it wasn't like a spontaneous desire out of nowhere. Like you you said, I'm gonna start a business and eventually I will move take to off work. From my work remotely. <laughs> So it's so, and it's so cool. Like you did a lot when you were 25 in one of the most expensive cities of Canada. Like how was oh my that? Gosh. It's like depressing thinking about that. Like that's so um, young. Yeah. So I can't imagine starting my own business now, like in Vancouver and I'm, I'm 26. I'm about to be 27. And I, I find, I, I find that terrifying. Like, yeah. How did you do um, that? Well, Let's see. Oh, first, should I talk about what my business is? Maybe people are like, what the hell is her business? Okay. So it's called the Pussy Shop, and pussy is spelt with an X, not a U, because um, I found out quickly that I wasn't allowed to write that word anywhere, like on major sites and stuff. So it was was a huge challenge for, like, the branding of the store. But, um, yeah, it's a store. It's in Vancouver, Canada. Um, And... We have like self-care services, so skincare, waxing. It's we're known as Vancouver's best Brazilian wax. Um, we have infrared sauna, a yoga studio, meditation drop-in, Reiki services, tarot services. Um, we have like a witchy store at the front that we carry like divination tools, healing tools, awakening consciousness stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of like a divine feminine shop. But again, when I say feminine, it's not about a gender. It's like that yin energy of like healing, softness, listening, intuition, nurturing, you know, that side of us. Um, So yeah, so it's, it's kind of, there's a whole lot going on there, but um, I like to sum it up in one little blurb of like it's like a wellness for inside and out or wellness for like body and spirit you know um and for like the self-care services we're really not like a normal place that offers that stuff we're not like doing our marketing like hey you have to come get waxed or get this anti-aging shit like you need to look this way and it's really not about that it's quite the opposite we're trying to like destigmatize bodies and allow people to feel comfortable of with any you know any age size gender ethnicity anything you know so um yeah we're like everybody that comes into our little shop is like wow this is really not like normal (laughs) like in a good way you know they're like this place is rad so um yeah it's uh I guess the way it evolved into being all those things is like I'm certified as like an esthetician, yoga teacher, Pilates teacher, group fitness teacher. <laughs> like I've done it all along the years. Um, did holistic sports nutrition, so I have a big passion for like wellness and superfoods and eating clean. And um, I read tarot. I'm a master level Reiki practitioner, um, and so. I just wanted like a place where I could, yeah, like have all these wonderful things in one roof where people can learn and grow. And if they're not into that, sometimes they're just like, they see crystals or books on the shelves and they're like, oh, like, cool. And for a lot of people, it's like the initiation. I don't like that word initiation because it's not like we're like forcing them into it, but it's literally just there. And a lot of people just stumble upon 
a lot of these tools or, and they're just like, Oh, I'm really called to buy this book. Um, and then they do. And then it just opens up the whole can of worms of like, Holy shit. Like I just started my spiritual awakening and that's the fucking best thing here. Cause I'm like, that's beautiful. <laughs> like, fuck yes. So just by just by having like objects yes yes right rather than like and how did your your spiritual well awakening being or your or or your journey with spirituality my spiritual path came in chunks um when I was 15 I don't know what like when I was when I was at that age like I had no idea that this was that but I like stopped eating animals I like stopped eating processed sugar. I stopped watching TV. I hell no. I said hell no to the news. I was like, what is this fucking vibe? Like this is fucking bullshit. Um, And not to say that I was just ignorant to things happening in the world, but the news specifically, I was like, this is not where to get information from. I know that right now, but. um, So where do you get information from? Um, how do you, how do you stay aware of what's going on in the world? Well, at that time, this is a long time ago, it was through friends or if I hear, you know, cause that, that's when I was a teenager my parents would tell me, um, and the internet was not, there was no social media back then. There was no, you know, and I'm not saying social media is where you should get your information, but now it's like. I'm deeply connected with my intuition now and I know I just have sometimes clear cognizance with things where it's just like a knowing you just like all of a sudden you're like I know this and then from that knowing I'll be like okay well what's on the news right now is the opposite of my knowing so I'm gonna look somewhere and try to figure out what's the deal here and for example with COVID the fucking second that this year started I was like guys guys like I posted it on my Instagram like guys guys like don't fall for it it's fear like they're trying to control us and blah blah blah. and I had no idea like factually I was just like I know this like somehow and then I started looking for information and right away when that shame wave started of um oh you can have this virus and if you go out and you're six feet or closer to someone and you guys aren't wearing masks, you can spread it to someone and then they're going to spread it to their grandparents or to an autoimmune, um, like a, a vulnerable um, immune person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Like <laughs> a, yeah, vulnerable group of people. And and yeah, I I was like, that's interesting because from my research on the actual, and this is, this is what shocks me. I'm like, the CDC is where they're all getting their, well, they're saying they're getting their, the news is saying, oh, this is from the CDC. This is from the CDC. So the CDC is on that side, but I feel like the news, they're allowed to say whatever they want on the news because it's not, it's not factual and it's owned by people in power and they pay them to say whatever they want that will support something that they have up their sleeve. And I've known this since I, since I was a teenager as well. Like I grew up with punk rock and they're very political and they're very like, fuck the government, fuck this, like fuck that. <laughs> um, so I've just learned to like question everything. And um, 
yeah, basically uh, at that time when that shaming was starting, because this was right when everybody was just kind of like not taking it seriously. Everyone was like, haha, toilet paper, blah, like just making memes about like things. And like nobody was really taking it seriously. And then, well, well not no one, but like the people I knew weren't. And then I was like on the CDC and I screenshotted this mid-March and it said, this virus is not likely to be able to, to no, sorry, not able. Um, this virus is not likely contagious unless the carrier is symptomatic. So that's the exact opposite of telling everyone, hey, hide your kids, hide your wife, like fucking lock yourself in your house and, and don't fucking go anywhere. And if you do, you best be wearing a mask um, because you're going to kill all these innocent, like elderly and immunocompromised people if you don't do your part, like save the world, like do your part. And they just like started this shame because they were saying you could have it and not know and it's contagious anyways, but it's, it's not. And it's still not that information that I just said is has was on the seat. I checked like every month. I was like, are they going to take this down? Because it completely opposes that whole fact that's making everyone like freak out and listen and stay home and wear masks and do all the things. The other thing that's interesting is that if you literally look at the numbers of people dying, they're less than pneumonia and they're less than everything. And they're like 0.04% is the, the mortality rate. And so how, how is it that there, there's a, the whole world is on lockdown because of that? It's not. It's not about a virus. And third thing that's my biggest point of knowing, smelling this fishiness is like the government never fucking gave a shit about us, okay? And the people at power, even less, they are fucked and all this other shit's coming out. Yes, there's a bunch of pedophiles and doing crazy satanic cult shit. Like, it's disgusting. And these are the people in power. And they are getting ready to do some other big shit. And this pandemic is uh, step one of, okay, how do we get everyone in fear so that they're not logically critically thinking so that they listen inform and then we can we're going to take all these rights away to get them to beg for a vaccine which we own and then we make all this profit of and the big pharmaceutical companies that we work with they do too and also <laughs> there's a huge like vaccines that are dangerous currently they get tested for five to fifty and now you're telling me there's a vaccine developed for five months that's gonna just roll out like that's yeah i don't know yeah and but what about like the time span because covid has spread like in a shorter amount of time it you know what i mean like the speed of like how it spread and got people sick because it's a new it's a new virus so nobody has um antibodies for it so of course like anyone so let's say let's say there was a new cold which this basically is and you're like oh i've never had this before and it's gonna spread because nobody's cleaning their hands people are touching their face i'm like is this serious like i'm a germaphobe so i was like how are people not washing their hands and don't touch your face like that's should just be going on in your life Mm -hmm. 
But if you look on Statistics Canada website, it's there, right there in the open. It shows deaths, total, sorry, I don't know if you can hear my dog. He's like grunting and grunting at the dog. No, no, no. Okay. Um, (laughs) So it's very cute. Um, It says on Stats Canada, like the total amount of deaths uh, from all kinds, from every kind of death, um, from January to July of all the years from 2015 till 2020. So you can compare all the deaths from this year and the months that correlate to where the pandemic was like at the heights and everything compared to like all the deaths last year for the last five years, right? There's no spike higher this year. So how the fuck is the whole globe on lockdown about a virus that has a 0.04 mortality rate and the total amount of deaths in Canada haven't climbed and like there's something fucked up there, you know? So it's like, no, I'm not a scientist. No, I don't know everything, but there's some shit going on and it's just like, I wish people would question things and not just be -hmm. like, oh, the news told me this and a scientist on the news and a doctor that I saw on the news said this. So this is legit. It's like, no, guess what? All the people on the news are paid to say whatever the people that are owning it want them to say. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, sometimes, not, not just sometimes, many times there can be true things on the news and many times there can be false things on the news, but it all depends on the best interest of the people who own the news. Like, what do they want us to know? That's what we hear. So I just, it's really been upsetting to watch people be like, yeah, I'm very science-based and very facts-based. So like, yeah, COVID, you know, wear a mask. And I'm like, okay, first of all, a mask, like if you're sick, stay home because of what we were just talking about, the, the contagiousness of something new. Yeah, if you're sick, stay home. Uh, the, the virus is not spreadable, or sorry, the virus is not contagious when you're asymptomatic. So if you have symptoms, stay home. Well, other than that, wash your hands, don't sneeze on people, don't touch your face, and we'd be good. Like, no need to shut anything down. Like, do those four things. <laughs> like, literally, fuck. Like, that's how I feel. Like any, like any other virus or disease yeah. that's contagious. Yes. Pretty and much. they don't even have like official ways to detect COVID when they're pronouncing these deaths as COVID deaths. So they're pronouncing pneumonia and influenza deaths as COVID deaths. It's fucked. And that shit is a, fa- that's a fact. It's like, you can read it on CDC. You can read like interviews of the, um, the, what are they called? Um, the health officials of different states. They're like, yes, well, we, we have to presume some of these deaths and this is how we do it. So it's like, okay, so what's the fucking death percentage? Like, ugh. it just, it's so frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, I think it's, it's amazing, like the amount of lessons that it's teaching everybody mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, but it is frustrating because you're you don't have the control anymore. Like you don't ha- you can't control anything. Mm. H- how are you keeping sane though within all those frustrations? Well, it's like I guess I've just I've understood that every so right now is also that if you look into astrology and the way that our planet is going right now, it's these times of there's like a great awakening happening and you probably everyone's noticed with 
various friends around them lately like more people are waking up to oh like the mass produced meat industry is harming animals the planet uh my body um making us sick and then we need pharmaceutical drugs to stay alive and guess who profits off that so i don't know i think a lot of people are waking up to the fact that the system is faulty you know and they're starting to do a lot of people are starting to like grow their own produce and uh just buy from small businesses and local just supporting local stuff and that's beautiful because people are starting to understand the impact of a lot of this shit and like look who made the most money during quarantine like amazon bill gates there was like 9 billionaires that made like 40 million dollars more or i don't know what some crazy amounts of money more well yeah it's crushing all of the yes. small businesses yeah. big time yeah. and like and all of us normal people yeah. like even even for me it's like uh and for everybody yeah. especially the third world countries mm-hmm. like here in venezuela the economy was already bad as it was and now it's a lot worse and it's like survival of and the And all the 1%ers right have more money. So one of your one of oh, the yeah. arguments of my friends who um is like yeah, pandemic. Um I don't even know what to call that side, but um she what was it? what were we just saying? Oh, she's like, "But well, why would they want to destroy the economy? Like they love the economy." And I'm like, "Okay, they're not destroying their money they they're destroying the middle class that's what they're doing they're like let's yeah. fuck that middle class and let's make more money everybody stay home order from amazon um let, you know let's let these tiny businesses not be able to pay rent and then they'll close down and then everybody has to go to whole foods and buy their vitamins and whatever you know so yeah it's fucked up well let's yeah. get away from the covid let's issue. not talk about this i guess the other day when let's go back the other day you. when you're like yeah i might ask you your opinion on covid i was like oh you want to go there like, like that might be uh, that might be a whole different show heated. let's leave it off with like some a conclusion and that is just look for your own information and question stuff more yeah like if everyone just question question everything because the the hand that feeds you your news unfortunately is a uh, is not your pal he's not your pal he's uh he's fucking evil as shit and um you need to question everything and do more research and don't get triggered when you find something but like process it like deal with it it's fucking ugly but exactly. there's a lot of evil forces and we can't fight them. like we're more people than them so if everyone together is like we're not standing for this shit anymore like that ends that you know but that's this is our society is not ready for that yet because so many people are like i need authority i need this hand that feeds me the news i need you know so i, I need this safety right. so yeah it's i i think if everyone just tries to experiment with some more research and see where it goes go down the rabbit hole as they say you know
wondering, I'm going to make the question again. I'm wondering how it was for a 25-year-old to start a business and all the challenges that come with that in Vancouver. So I studied business at a university in Montreal for, well, I was going to do the degree because I've always, like, I'm from a family where, like, like getting a degree is, like, what you need to do. And so I was like, well, I want a degree in something and I want to open a business. So I just tried to like merge those two two things together, which was a mistake. And then my first semester, I was like, this is lame, like super fucking lame. Like everybody here wants to like climb the corporate ladder and like work for Starbucks corporations and I don't know, pharmaceutical companies. Like just everybody wanted to like be in that corporate shit. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Where am I? Everybody like... I don't understand people. Um, and then I found this course that was a, a certificate in business and I switched to it after the first semester and it was way better for what I wanted. It was full <clears throat> of people that were like myself, like more creative and they just wanted a like foundation of business because they wanted to start their own businesses. So yeah, it was way better. Um, and so I did some of that certificate um, via like online. Well, back then it was called correspondence courses where like they would like mail you your books and you would uh, write an exam at like a university of wherever you were. So I wrote one of my exams in Spain, in Barcelona. They like talked to the faculty to have someone like watching you during an exam so that you're not cheating. And uh and then you like there though that faculty like mails your exam back to the thing and um anyways yeah it was interesting but so in vancouver um when i was opening my business at 25 it was like i feel like my answer it's not going to be inspirational it's just like depressing because i was a complete workaholic i would barely see any friends like sometimes I'd go out and people were like oh you still live in Vancouver like I haven't seen you (laughs) and like okay yeah it was really fucked up and like I mentioned earlier it was like fear that was um pushing me you know it wasn't it wasn't from a good place it was well it was a I had good intentions obviously like it was coming from a good place of like I want to build an amazing place where people feel great and the staff feel great and clients everyone's like you know build this great community um so in that way yes it was from a good place but what was like igniting my you know 15 hour work days was fear was fear of failing and honestly at that I don't know if I would have if my business would still be standing if I didn't if I didn't sacrifice so much you know and I like lived in my shop for the first six years because I couldn't afford to pay rent there and rent anywhere else and that in itself like you always hear these things that saying like if you work from home like you know it's really hard to separate your life and your work and have balance because you're just always working. And that's completely true. Um, And I feel like a lot of people during um, lockdowns, when people from offices had to start working from home, I feel like people got like a real taste of my life. It's like working from home now by myself and it's fucking hard. 
it's really hard. It takes a lot of discipline. You need to like get used to it. You need to have boundaries with yourself. Um, and then there's all these like little tips and tricks like, oh, don't work in your bedroom, for example, because psychologically like that's supposed to not be for, for that, you know? Anyways, yeah, it's, it was interesting like witnessing a lot of people talking about their struggles during working from home and I was like oh fuck story my life like yeah it's fucking uh-huh. yeah exactly yeah. and like you were mentioning how uh, and I mentioned wow you seem to be living the dream life and I'm looking at your Instagram and I love you know <laughs> your surf your picture surfing and um you know and you're living abroad and you have your own business and traveling living in these in these beach places and 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 you mentioned how well that's a trigger for me the fact that like a lot of people say that that I'm living the dream life when really I'm in a computer all day working I forget how many hours a week and um and it can and I'm used to people and I miss people could you talk a bit about that? yeah so basically it's it's like when people see like okay she's Canadian and now she lives in Mexico and when people think of, from Canada, when they think about Mexico, they reminisce about, oh yeah, I went to Mexico before I went for this like holiday uh, where they, you know, lay on the beach all day, they drink margaritas, they socialize, they meet all these people, they like party, they, you know, it's like, that's, you know, they rest, they're not working, there's no stress. It's like a holiday. It, it is a holiday, right? So they think, they associate a tropical place as they think I'm on holiday forever. Like, oh, how does it feel? Do you even work? Like, what? And it's like, of course I work. I work full time. I'm just, I've just chosen to move to a different country because I get anxiety when I'm cold and I want to be I just thrive when I'm like in way too hot climate like I love it and I've always known that and I'm like I need to figure out how I can live here all the time and so yeah I have a job I work full-time and my life is the same like I work I you know I, I I surf as my daily exercise and and time with nature and you know, I walk my dog, I do groceries, I do laundry, I like, (laughs) it's just so funny, because people think of a vacation, and they wonder, like, how are you there all the time, and I'm like, well, this is my home, I do normal home things, and yeah, it's interesting, and I mean, I'm not trying to dumb it down and say I hate my life at all, I'm just saying I love my life, but it's a normal life, you know, I have my boyfriend here. I have friends here. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing, but it's it's like it's funny how people glorify certain things on Instagram, and then they think like, well, how can I have that life? And it's like, well, you do have that life. Do you want to be in forty degree heat every day all year? And then they might be like, no. And then I'll be like, okay, well then maybe you should just make a plan for like the three coldest months in Canada, if that's the ones you don't like, like go somewhere hot and like save your money and and just live off it. Or, you know, do something online for three months or sell some art or 
I have no idea. You know, there's tons of things you can do. You just have to think what you want to do, what was for you, not follow somebody else's thing that worked for them, you know? And it's like, I have a friend who teaches yoga part-time and she works at a corporate job Monday to Friday and she's in Canada. And she asked me this question like a year ago and she's like, Oh, how do you, I want to move to Bali. Like, that's my dream. I want to live there and like, just teach yoga. And that's, that's the end, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, if you want that, go do it. What's stopping you. But the, the thing people don't think about is to do that, you have to leave where you are, which means leave your friends, leave your family. If they're near, leave your things, leave your corporate job that has benefits, like leave your your whole comfort zone and if that other thing if you want it so bad because it's in your knowing if it's something that's like oh I've known from a young age that or like you know I went to Bali for a month and it was just like wow like I was alive like if it's something that resonates for your soul you'll make it happen and if it's something that's just like you went to Bali for three weeks and you're like oh yeah that was a great vacation best vacation ever if you can't picture like being there all year like maybe it's not that you want to live there it's just you like that like glorified idea of like a non-stop vacation you know so if that's the case you have to think okay well what in my life what is it that I don't like what do I need to change because maybe it's not a location change but maybe it's something else you know maybe while you're on vacation you're like writing more or doing something creative more and it's making you like really let go of stress and making you live all these beautiful synchronicities and just putting you in this beautiful flow where all these things go your way and like you know meeting like all these amazing connections and people and so it's like if that's the thing of vacationing you know maybe that's the thing so you're like okay I'm gonna bring like a writing practice into my life or uh, I have no idea you know it's different for everybody but I just feel like this digital nomad thing because you brought that word up and you're like do you identify with that and I was like no because a nomad is like walking around and moving and my goal isn't to like move around and travel I mean obviously I'm always gonna like travel a couple times a year or whatnot but I want a home base that's what I'm doing it's just like I'm just a person from one country who moved to a different country because it's what my soul knew it wanted from forever ago and so I made it happen, you know, and the way that I got there wasn't very healthy because of my workaholism back then. But then it brought me into this very dark place, which ignited like the second chunk of my spiritual awakening, which was like when you're at a really dark time or if something happens to you or I don't know, it's different for everybody, but I believe that when you're brought to a dark time is when you're forced to start looking at okay well what what is life what do what am i who am i what do i want like what, what is this you know what is this soul purpose what is yeah so it's just um like not looking at a 3d life anymore not looking at this is my body this is my house these are my things you know like looking more deeply and um yeah so that that brought me to just 
I, I also thought I was getting, and this is, this is funny. I don't want to sound like a, a hypochondriac. Those people that think there's always something wrong with them, like medically. But uh, I, at one point during my dark time of like super workaholic, while I was the first few years of my business, I was like, I, f I went to a healer and he's actually a physiotherapist, but he's very intuitive. And, and then we just always started talking about that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I feel like, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like if I didn't start working on myself and healing, like what the fuck is this workaholic shit? What was I trying to have a bandaid over, right? I was like, if I, I felt like if I didn't start healing things or taking care of me, that I was going to get cancer. And he's like, like, like I said, in a way, like not statistically or not, not just like reading someone's story and being like, Oh, I don't want that to happen. It wasn't like that. It was like, I felt it coming on. It was fucked up. And I told him that. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, it sounds fucking crazy. And he's like, if you thought, if you felt that the way you describe it, it's probably true. And I was like, wow. So yeah, I was like, I need to do something or else I'm gonna just die. Like I need to fucking change something. This is not working out for me. And, um, and then, yeah, it was like a heavy focus of um, actually wellness. You know, like I've always been into wellness, but it was like we were talking about before, it was like, it was just one or more to do on the list of like, did you do these things for your health today? And like, <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay. So what, yeah, I was going to ask like, what steps did you take towards getting out of that workaholic? Um, I, mode? I started understanding, like it started with like body work. I was like, okay, you need, like I was getting all these back pains and a lot of stresses and emotional problems will manifest in your body so there's a really great book um called your body's telling you to love yourself by i forget her name maybe it's louise hay oh, louise hay writes one similar it's someone else it's not louise hay but louise hay does have one called heal yourself which is a similar concept but the other one the first title i said is like a dictionary like big ass book um and it your body is trying to uh, your body is telling you to love yourself. Yeah. Okay. And the woman's last name is like a French sounding name. Um, okay. But yeah, it's basically the relation between um, metaphysical stuff uh, expressing itself in physical form. So it's like, let's say uh, your right hip is hurting or you have a problem with like your low back or your upper back or whatever it all represents things that can be going on in your life so for an example like upper back problems is always what i have and that's um putting too much on your plate and like kind of feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders is like a really great metaphor for it because it's right there on your shoulders or if like your neck you have neck problems. It's like, it could be someone, someone is burdening you um, or someone's not allowing you to be yourself. And that it also correlates to the chakra system because your throat chakra is right there in your neck. And that's like, when you have an imbalance with that, it's 
um, you're not expressing yourself as you want to, or there's, or maybe, so yeah, I always would get strep throat when I was near my family all throughout high school and in my 20s. And I was like, oh yeah, it's because I feel like I can't be myself in front of them. So I would always get sick in that exact way, like throat. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so I would do, I would go and get body work, like um, physiotherapy, acupuncture. And then that physiotherapist that I met, that was um, an intuitive. I started getting homework from him. Like he'd be like, okay, this is your home. Like, he would give me like, like, okay, write a letter to like your 14 year old self about this trauma thing that happened and write, you know, and so he would, I would cry every session, not from pain from physiotherapy, like fresh, like emotional healing. And um, yeah, so I started then just doing a lot of research on my own on YouTube with certain um, spiritual teachers, like T.G. Young is an amazing um person that helped me at the beginning there um and I still watch her content she's fucking rad um and uh yeah just doing more of my yogic practices like breath work meditation and any form of movement um journaling I've always been a journaler like since I was literally six years old because like my yeah. One of my grandparents, I think, gave me like this diary when I was six for Christmas. And then I was like, dear diary, like, <laughs> I still have every single journal from my whole life. So it's really funny to read, read the shit that you write when you're sick. Um, but yeah, journaling is a really great um, exercise to do for multiple benefits, like if you journal every morning as soon as you wake up and you can either decide if you had a dream that you remember, you can journal about your dream or um, there's this technique called the heal or what's it called? Morning pages. Have you heard of morning pages? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. Do them. I've been doing them for and a while. And how do you feel when you yeah. do them? Like helps you get the sh out? It's, out? it's funny because yeah, it's funny because I have to find the thoughts because I, like like I said I'm not a morning person so unless I have something going on like usually in the morning I'm kind of not thinking about anything yet and um but I I sit down and something will come out um in the nighttime I write more mm -hmm. um and sometimes like just today I said dude um I felt okay and I was still still like dude even if you feel okay write about how you feel okay like write about the good things write about that conversation you had that was super good because sometimes when I'm neutral I won't write mm -hmm. I'm like yeah I'm fine I, I'll, I'll mostly write when I'm feeling bad so the morning pages forces you to write even if it feels silly and it's like very neutral yeah. and like there's nothing really going on but there's always something and I always write down my dreams mm -hmm. and then when I look back, like just my last Instagram post was uh, something I wrote in April that I was like, whoa, I'm feeling that right now. And how cool was it was for me to like just look up. a. Uh, it was in April, like just a few months ago and see what I was feeling then. And rec so you recognize like your cycles mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that's and it's so cool. And like now if I write down, whoa, um, I'm taking a rest before like I could feel myself 
getting to a burnout. I'm going to take a rest from everything and reestablish a bunch of stuff in my life and rethink a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah, like what's important. But I do – yeah, but then I learned like, wait, but I do need some structure. I do need some sort of activities. Like I do need it, you know, to feel like I am advancing in something every day. Like even if it's just one thing, like doing an interview in the week, yeah. you know, like one interview a week. Um, so then like probably in six months, once, once I start feeling that need for a rest again, I've learned that about myself, but it'll probably be because I read what I wrote you know what right. I mean that's why morning pages are so I, I do it I do it with meditation awesome you meditate yeah. and then you like journal what comes up or or I yeah or I write and then meditate mm. or I write meditate write mm. like whatever yeah because sometimes when meditating something comes mm -hmm. up I try to write like the gratitude I, I just wrote a blog post that I haven't published yet about like the three things I do when I'm feeling yucky and I recognized like, wow, this actually is making me feel better. And I'm going to, I'm going to write about it so that someone else can try it and see. And, 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 and it's just like, it's so simple. It's just one meditate or pray. No. Yeah. One meditate two write about what I'm feeling and three, um, prayer or manifest, <laughs> you know? And like, so if I want to cry, just like cry cry it out, blah, 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 then write about what I'm feeling and meditate and then like actually pray and, and manifest and, and, and think about what I do want in my, in my life or, and that those three things really help me, awesome. you know, and they don't take that much no. time. That's awesome. How is it for you? How long has, have you been doing morning pages? Uh, morning pages is like, it's not a daily practice for me. I find I can get too OCD with like all the things I want to do every day. And so it just, when I feel like, okay, I'm doing morning pages for 10 days in a row, it's like a thing. And then it comes and goes, but I usually do it for like a 10 day period so that I can see some benefit from it. But yeah, I'll just like wake up. Right. And for, from like my understanding of like how I read about this exercise, it's not like what you're writing. It's like, um, yeah, like sometimes, like just the normal writer in me wants to like write things from what I'm thinking, but the 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 extra the morning pages that I read about were like not just like write shit, like just be like if you have nothing to say, nothing's coming to your mind, just be like nothing's coming to mind, nothing's coming to mind. And I was like, what? That's ridiculous. But the exercise in it is that they say, you know, you get all this shit out, and then you'll have random breakthroughs coming out and so yeah I do find after a while with that it does happen but it's not like the first time you try it it's gonna it's gonna feel really redundant you're like what the hell am I doing like writing this bullshit you know so what tips and tricks do you have for working at home yeah I think I think having a, a distinguished area is important <clears throat> which I don't follow suit from like we just moved August 1st to a different home and we're kind of just like testing out all the nooks and rooms and spots for things, you know, so I'm sure it'll come, but yeah, having yeah. A, a, a designated place for work. Um, I think having a schedule, even though I don't need to have a schedule, I think having a schedule is really important and having boundaries because I work from home, so I don't physically go anywhere 
Like, it's not like I'm like, okay, see you later. I'm going to work now. Like, bye. It's like, I'm here. And like, it's just me having boundaries with myself of saying like, these are the days and times that I have to dedicate to work. Um, otherwise, you know, if you're, otherwise it would just, if there was nothing like that, it would just turn into like me surfing every single day and partying and sounds like a lot of fun, but like, then I wouldn't be financially able to stay here. So I think it's, it has to be like, like it sounds so cliche. It's all balance, you know, it has to be a balance. Like you work hard and play hard and and rest so yeah and it's like finding your own balance which is the toughest Mm -hmm. actually to to understand like it's like being okay with um being off balance for a bit until you finally find it and you change and like your life changes your environment changes so obviously that what makes yeah like what what gave you what was like a balance even for me like what was a balance for me a few months ago now isn't now I have to reestablish everything Mm -hmm. and for that I need to be okay with being a bit off balance or or like feeling that and because it's easy to like get frustrated I get frustrated when I'm off balance looking at it like now balance but acknowledging like okay I was so productive and like yang energy and now I have not have to but like now I'm embodying more yin energy and I'm resting and I'm processing and I'm listening so that I can get these passionate ideas so that my next masculine phase, not gender, my next young phase, I'm going to be like, I'm ready to go. You know, like you were saying, like when we opened the call, you were like, yeah, I feel like, yes, I'm ready, you know, because you listened and you chilled for a bit and now you're like ready to go. So instead, so when people feeling imbalanced, maybe they need to like, be like, okay, if I'm trying to work too much, maybe I should chill a little bit. Or if they're trying to be too lazy or if they're feeling like totally. depressed and like they're just not doing anything and they're feeling imbalanced from that, then they're like, maybe you should find a new hobby or start just putting your heart into something exactly. and making it every day, like just trying to trying to create, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. And um, I had another question. Um, so how, like, what have you learned from living in a different culture than your own as a Canadian, like in Nicaragua, um, in Mexico? I think you went to Costa Rica as well. What have you learned about these other cultures? Like, how, have, how has that changed you? Hmm. This question could go so many different ways. Like, let me think. Um... Well, my Spanish is getting pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, now we podemos hablar en español. Yay! I think I was trying to speak Spanish to you when I waxed you sometimes. I was like, let me practice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember. That was another yeah. thing. That, yeah, yeah, like so my good. soul being like, I've known since high school that I was like, I need to know Spanish. Like, that's a thing that's going to be a part of me one day like I I knew I don't know how I was like I need I'm yeah this is in me I don't know it was weird but I feel like it's not necessarily like those cultures that have changed me um 
because I also had that four-year experience when I was 19 of traveling. Um, but I feel it's more like when you're, maybe I'll talk about my four years traveling when I was 19, because that was when I was exposed first. Like I was fresh to this travel thing. And I was like, I really, first of all, I learned to be grateful for everything my mother did for our household. Like, cause that when I was 19, that was when I was like, okay, bye. I'm leaving not only the nest, but I'm like, leaving the country leaving this hemisphere like i'm out <laughs> i'm going as far as i can um but it made me really grateful because i was like wow like moms do and not just to be um stereotypical to moms because obviously there's a lot of dads that have this role in the family so like there and sometimes it's shared sometimes it's like but oftentimes it's like one parent that works a lot and then the other parent that does all the like household stuff and like books everyone's dentist appointments and like doctors drives you the your gymnastics thing and your basketball tournaments and you know literally I'm like how do parents do that like fucking superheroes they're just you know and I have one sister so there's two of us they're driving her here me there and it's literally every night of the week we had activities and shit like I'm just like wow so grateful anyways um and but yeah most importantly what changed in me was like I I felt like when a person removes themselves from their comfort zone so for me like I had a really tight group of friends in Toronto and when I I didn't I was like in Mississauga it's a suburb of Toronto but I just say Toronto because like everybody knows where that is um but I had a super tight group of friends and it like literally broke my heart to leave. But I just had this calling that I had to. And later on in life, everyone else kind of went their own way eventually. And um, that's just how life goes, right? But anyways, when you come out of your comfort zone, you, you kind of light up and you just find yourself in all these random um, good coincidences, like synchronistic, synchronistic shit just happens to you everywhere. And I was just like, wow, life is crazy good. Like, I love this country. And I would think, oh, I love this country. But then I realized it's not that country. It's not Australia, you know? I mean, yes, it's a great country, but it's not, that's not, that was just like what popped my, you know, travel cherry. I was like, that's what it just changes your whole perspective on life you just like you understand that literally the world is your oyster you understand you can literally live anywhere you want you just have to think creatively on financially how you can make that happen and emotionally how you can make that happen and logistically but it's different for everyone so it's like when people are looking on Instagram at like, oh, this life, like, I want that life. It's like, do you want that life? Or what do you really want? Like, what is it that, that appeals to you in this life? Like, you want to be warm, you want to surf, or you want to teach yoga, or you want to just ditch your life because you don't like it and do something completely different. <laughs> or like, or you want to like meet new people. But it's like, you can do that. You can embody these traits in your own country. And that's what it really taught me and it woke me up like you can you can create your life can create whatever you want if 
if you listen to what it is that you actually want instead of trying to think because of society telling you, oh, this is the way it goes. You need to get a job and then put a down payment on a condo and then move to the burbs and then have a kid and like get married. Have You know, like, so it's like, do you, do you want that? If you do, that's amazing. My sister wanted that and has that and great. But like, if you don't want that, if that doesn't resonate with your whole being and you just think you're supposed to do those things or on the opposite spectrum, like if you just look at Instagram and, and say, oh, I want these things, but if you don't really want them, you're not going to get there because it's not meant for you. If you want something, like you'll make it happen, you know? If you want something or if you're not sure if you want something, that's okay too. You can go test drive it, right? Just be like, oh, I'm going to go to Southeast Asia for three months or one month or three weeks or whatever. <clears throat> and while you're there, just like visualize like, okay, do I want to be here for 12 months? If so, what do I, yeah, you just make it happen. And, you know, and if you're like, oh, maybe six months and then it's like, okay, well then in six months you go, to whatever job is going to earn you the money to be able to stay at that place for six months or I don't know because yeah I just feel it's always it's always possible and I didn't come from a family with money and when you come from a family with no money like you also inherit beliefs and all this ancestral ancestral um like I'm not getting the word right now. I was thinking of saying <laughs> all these like ancestral um, limiting beliefs that you're like, I need to work. Like money is hard. It's hard to have money. Um, I have to work hard all the time. And then even then I'm not successful. Success is hard. Success is impossible. Like all these things that I inherited from my dad's side that I've mm. been working on dismantling yeah. is like that shit's deep, right? You, you, but trust me like everything is possible if you want it you make it happen you know so it's just about like and it's it, you said something key <clears throat> about like in identifying those limiting beliefs and seeing them as limiting beliefs instead of reality. yeah instead of like this is and this is how it is the end yeah because i i i identified with that or i related to that because like what I got from my dad was you can't make money from your passion, mm -hmm. you know, like, so I wanted to study psychology and he's like, yeah, but you're not going to get jobs with that. Study this. <laughs> yeah. But I'm a photographer and I'm, I want to be a documentary photographer. Yeah. But you're not going to make money. So, so like my whole life I was sort of like, and that's what I mean with that teaching job that I had, that was always like my way of, of accepting. I can't make money off of <clears throat> what I really love so I'm going to teach English and this is perfect and I was happy for two years but then I had sort of like I was I was just not happy like waking up as early I wasn't happy with the job and I was like thinking wow do I really want to like is it time for me to start moving forward and dismantling that belief yeah. so that I can oh. make money from something that I love what I also got is like Cause you, you were saying to me, you want to travel and you want to um, do like journalism in different countries everywhere. And, um, but you need to like figure out how to make that work financially. So like, I always think it's really smart 
for, and sustainable for people if they have like on one hand they have a job that makes them money and on the other hand they have what they want to do passionately and creatively and whatever it's like it's not it's not one or the other at the beginning you know it's like for you teaching three hours even though it's early um you can go anywhere anywhere you could go yeah totally because i can do yes you could live in whatever country you want and wake up at whatever time zone you could just i mean it's obviously inconvenient if that time is for it like 3 a.m in a different country but (laughs) if you were on the other hemisphere it'd be like 4 p.m so i don't know i think i think it would be a great starting point as an example of like yeah it is it's in your mind it's like limiting beliefs telling you like you can't you can't go have that life because you can, you fully can have that job again, teach three hours a day at whatever time that time is. And then, and then you set three hours a day for your passion. And then eventually when you're like living with your purpose, you're shining so bright that you're like magnetic to people and you're going to attract like whatever clients or whatever agencies to pick up your stories or what, whatever. I don't know much about your, that industry, but, when you're lead, living with with like in line in alignment, um, you're you're gonna do really well, and it's just a matter of like figuring out creatively like okay how logistically can I make this happen because I know deep within my soul that it's what I'm supposed exactly. to do. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week for our solo episode. Next week will be in Spanish and the week after that as well. If you're just an English speaker, I will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye.